0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Davis steps under center. Gibson and McClendon behind it. Davis with motion by Richard. We'll get the ball to McClendon. He didn't... Oh, he doesn't get in. He fumbled it. champion. Bernard feels it at the 26. Heading to the far side. Geo at the 35. Geo. He's at the 50. No, he's not. Yes, he is. Geo. He's going to take it for a touchdown. Are you kidding me? Connor Barth for the possible win. Snap. Spot. Kick away. High enough. Long enough. Heel Tough Blog Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to another edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast. It's your host, Anthony Pagnata, with you guys as always. And today, I am here by myself, and we are going to be talking about two more entries into the transfer portal. Uh, unfortunately... You know, Carolina's defense continues uh, to see a bunch of turnover on that side of the ball. So I had to, you know, step in here and, and dive into it a little bit. What exactly is going on with that? Also, tell you a couple of important guys to keep an eye on here as we go throughout the summer on the recruiting trail. And also a guy in the state of North Carolina that has narrowed his decision down. Uh, to eight teams. Carolina, uh, did they make the top eight? We'll tell you about that here coming up in just a few minutes. But as I mentioned, let's get into the guys entering the transfer portal. And we just had an edition of the podcast the other night. Michael Coe came on with us and talked about the spring. But before that, we talked about Carolina losing Don Chapman and Gabe Stevens to the transfer portal. Well, Carolina for the third straight day, lost a guy to the transfer portal, but this time it wasn't just one guy, it was two from that defensive side of the football, and man, this, this has been uh, unprecedented, really, the amount of turnover that we've seen on the defensive side of the football for the Tar Heels. Yes, you know, this is a new era of college sports, um, but I, I think this is this is something that is noteworthy and has people talking, and Look, I I think there's a few different ways to look at the guys that have entered the portal. Of course, back in December, you saw a lot of the guys that you know were starters, were guys that it just didn't feel like were fitting. You know the 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 scheme for Gene Chizik were really not developing the way that you probably thought they were going to. Enter the portal. There were a few guys, I, I think, that were a surprise that were younger guys. I mean, Keyshawn Silver is, is the first one that comes to mind for me. And there were a few others that you really thought if they stayed to Carolina, maybe they end up finding a significant role for themselves. But really, outside of that, it's it's been a lot of guys that are kind of depth guys. They're buried on the depth chart. And, they, you know, they want to go and play. Somewhere they don't want to sit behind guys that, uh, you know, are are currently in front of them on, you know, the, the unofficial depth chart at this point. I would imagine that the guys that are entering the portal right now they know that they will not have significant roles this year unless they just absolutely destroyed it in fall camp. So I think that's kind of what you're seeing, but it's still rather significant. And, you know, look, the two guys that entered the transfer portal yesterday, I think both guys are probably fitting into that category of guys that found out what their roles were going to be this year and said, look, we we feel like we want to go and have an opportunity to play somewhere. And, you know, look, I I think the first one that entered yesterday, that's probably the one that's more concerning to people. Um, Not for this upcoming season but I think for the future you know Bryson Jennings the redshirt freshman defensive lineman out of the state of Virginia he enters the transfer portal after just one season so that's the reason why I think a lot of people are kind of wondering with that one what exactly happened and Again, I, I think it really is as simple as look at the guys that were in front of him on the depth chart. And yes, it, he's a guy that's only a redshirt freshman. It means that eventually he probably would get an opportunity, but you do have a pretty significant amount of guys that are ahead of him at this point. Um, you know, course, this year at that power end spot, which is where they were probably going to line him up and play him. I got to be honest, a little shocked that he was not a part of the Jack linebacker unit. I mean, he only weighs 245 pounds. It felt like that was probably the position that he was going to play. Even when he came out of high school, I remember breaking him down um, and saying, look, this is a guy that probably fits best at that type of position. The power end spot you typically want to see those guys sort of in that 255, 260 range, really a lot more physical. That's the thing, not the weight, more so the physicality. But that's where they had Bryson Jennings listed at. Um, But I, I think, you know, you look at the guys right now that Carolina has at that spot, Um, A lot of veterans that are going to contribute there this year. Javori Ritzy, who's a junior. Um, The hope is that he's going to be able to contribute there, although they'll probably use him a little bit inside as well. So he – We'll see some reps there. He'll play significant reps wherever he plays, uh, but that could be a spot where there is another guy out there. Dez Evans still looks like he's going to be an option once he gets back fully from the injury that cost him the second half of last year. Uh, The thing with Dez Evans is you're still kind of waiting on the production. It has not been there to hear for uh, the first uh, four years of his career. And now you're hoping that this is finally the year, first three years of his career. Um, you now you're hoping that this is finally the year where he breaks out. Um, and maybe this is. Maybe this is the year where we're not hearing a lot about him, where he wasn't a part of spring practice and wasn't the guy that was being raved about. Um, but, you know, with him, I think there's still some concern about what type of production he's going to be able to bring to the table. But, you know, then you've got Tamari Fox. That's one of the guys that I think sort of threw a wrinkle into uh, the plans for Bryson Jennings was Tamari Fox returning to the team. And uh, it was always something that I think Carolina knew was possible. But with him coming back, he, again, he's going to be very similar to Javari Ritzy in the fact that we could see him line up inside or we could see him at that power end spot. But I think Carolina is going to get creative with how they use him. So I think that's another big reason why you now got two guys that are versatile up front that can play multiple positions. And look, if Miles Murphy can find a way to be the guy that we thought he was going to be last year or even remotely close to what our hopes were for him entering the season, then I think there's a legitimate chance that Ritzy and Tamari Fox They're going to have to rotate in. You can't keep Miles Murphy out there all the time, but they would see the majority of their reps at that power end spot. And then you're talking about other guys that are starting to join in there. Um, Bo Atkinson, uh, who, you know, was another guy that was looked at at that Jack linebacker position, but they've moved him inside now. Now they feel like he has, you know, the ability to, um play at, at that power end spot plays with a little bit of physicality um they also you know like the weight that he's gotten up to so that's another guy that's now going to be a factor there and you're talking about a guy that was probably one of the most talked about players on this Torhill defense in the spring uh, of any position group so uh, the fact that he's being raved about that much it's hard to think he won't be involved in what carolina does there And look, they still, you know, there's there's even deeper depth at the position, um, you know, with a guy like Jacoby Cowan, who was there last year, who flashed a little bit at times at the end of the year, was solid, really fits that depth role incredibly well, Uh, and and I think, you know, when you stack all of those guys up, again, none of them are in the same class as Bryson Jennings uh, in, in terms of coming out of that 2022 recruiting class. But it still would mean, especially Bo Atkinson, that it would take some time for him to really get involved at that power end spot. And that doesn't even count other guys that Carolina could bring into the mix as well. So that's where I think Bryson Jennings' head is at um, you know, this past year didn't even have a role on special teams either. So I I think he's a guy that wants to get out there and wants to play. Um, but yeah, it, it hurts to lose a guy that at the high school level, uh, he had 229 tackles and 50 of those were sacks. So that's that's one that stings. There's no doubt about it. You also wonder about you know the connection that Virginia Tech could have here. Remember that his dad was a player at Virginia Tech. That was really the biggest threat to Carolina at the time when they were recruiting him. So that could be one thing that really stings if he ends up there. But I think this is just one of those those things that Carolina has to deal with in the modern era when guys don't have the position that they want on the depth chart and, you know, exiting spring ball – this is what you're going to see moving forward with this transfer window, and the fact that you can then transfer. And as long as you're enrolled in time for uh, the fall semester, you will be able to participate in fall camp and make a push to have a role on whatever team you land with that season. So, yeah, that's what I think happened with him. And it, it, I think it was very similar for the second guy that enters the transfer portal, and that is uh, Dede Hollins, the. That's corner, depth Nickel, that entered the portal, of course, back in December and then decided to pull his name out after just three days. Well, he's now back in the portal yet again for Carolina. And th- this, this one's not really that shocking. I think he came back, look, key special teams member. He was going to probably play a very big role there again this year. That's probably the spot where it hurts Carolina the most right now. Although I will say this, the depth at the nickel position is a little bit thinner than some other position groups. Um, you look at it and look, DeAndre Boykins is clearly the starter at this point. You've had Elijah Huzzy taking some snaps there. But the thing is, is are they looking at him and thinking he is going to be their main guy on the outside Opposite of Marcus Allen or Legend Cavazos, those three are really battling for that's sh- the two starting jobs there at outside corner. And I feel like, you know, that you, you can get away, as we've seen at times, you can get away with giving up some yards in the slot. You really want your outside corners to be your lockdown guys to prevent those big explosive plays. But I, I do wonder, you know, if you see enough from Allen and Cavazos, is Huzzy your guy in the slot? But, uh, you know, the thing is, is outside of those two guys, there isn't anybody that was here with the team in the fall uh, that you really feel overly confident about. Look, Derek Allen, he's played in the slot before. He did a little bit of that at Georgia Tech. more primary, uh, More of a primary safety than anything. But, you know, he has the capabilities to do that, so you wonder if he's going to get more reps there. Don't think he really took many reps there. Uh, At least we didn't hear that he did during spring practice. The guy that I think you're going to have to watch here closely and that could end up taking over that role even, you know, full-time if DeAndre Boykins was to struggle is Antavius Lane, who comes in from Georgia State and – That's a guy that Carolina got in the transfer portal back in March, but it was too late for him to enroll in the spring semester. So he asked, he had to wait and he will be with the team in the summer. I think that might be the solution there. I think that's the guy that's probably going to get the most serious look at that position group. So um, I, I think, you know, He could be a guy that factors in there. Don't be shocked if we see a lot of him in the slot, which will allow Elijah Huzzy to focus a little bit more on trying to compete for one of those two starting jobs at outside corner. And it will give Carolina a little bit of a security blanket behind DeAndre Boykins. Now, the thing with Lane is that he is another guy. He split his time between safety and slot. But he's played pretty significant snaps there. I mean, 787 in the three years that he was at Georgia State. So I feel like he's a guy that's more than capable of doing that. Uh, it's just, do, does Carolina think that is important that they use him there? The other guy that is not really being talked about here, don't really think Carolina is looking at him right now in this role, but you never really know. They could always go back to Jaquarius Conley, who has had success there before. Um, Really, you know, first year as a true freshman back in 2020 was outstanding there. Uh, They moved him back there at one point in 2021 and he looked really good. Um, But I think they're looking at him and hoping that he is going to be able to start or at least help provide some strong rotational depth at the boundary safety position this upcoming season. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back on this edition of the Heel Tough Blog Podcast, we take a look at Carolina's latest commitment in the 2024 class, a player out of the state of Georgia. find out who it is and what it means for this Tar Heel class right after this. There are plenty of ways to find out everything that you need to know about Tar Heel football and basketball. Just go to Facebook, search at Heel Tough Blog, and find the Heel Tough Blog Facebook page and like it. When you do everything, the articles, the podcast all in one central location on your timeline. Not a big Facebook user? Head over to Twitter. At Heel Tough Blog on Twitter. Make sure you give it a follow. And you can follow the personal pages of our talents here at The Heel Tough Blog, at HTB Anthony for Anthony Pagnata, myself, at HTB underscore Josh for Josh Marlowe, and at Hack 2 for our recruiting analyst, Zach Hubbard. Hey guys, welcome back into the Heel Tough Blog podcast. Anthony Pagnata here with you guys, riding solo here today. Let's take a look at the Tar Heels' 11th commitment of the 2024 class he committed last night um, out of Mill Creek High School in Houston, Georgia. It is Jaden Patterson, the unranked athlete. And, uh, you know, look, he's not a guy that's going to wow a lot of people. I know there are going to be some that are going to remain very critical of where recruiting is at, of how this staff Um, is just really settling for uh, a lot of the lower ranked guys at this time. But, you know, this is one of those guys that provides a lot of versatility, will probably be able to help you depth-wise at least early on in his career, and could eventually develop into a starting caliber player. And it feels like those are the types of players that Carolina is looking for at this point. Um, This staff, I think, We've seen the last few years with the guys that were previously in place. It was really about the star ratings on guys and, you know, what type of player they were coming out of high school, where it feels like with some of these guys that Carolina has landed so far in this class, a lot of it is based on their fit to, you know, whatever system that position coach runs And it's, you know, someone that the staff really thinks they can sort of develop. And it feels like Patterson probably fits into that same mold. Extremely versatile guy that can play everywhere in the defensive backfield. Uh, There's, you know, when you turn on his highlight film of his junior season this past year, he played outside corner, he played in the nickel, and he played at safety. And safety is the spot where it seems like some people – um, you know, that that are not wanting to label him an athlete but are wanting to try to narrow his position down a little bit more. It seems like this, that safety spot is kind of where they are putting him. And, look, I, I think, you know, you could see him really at any of those spots. When I watched him on film, I, I saw a guy that can really handle playing one-on-one coverage. I thought he looked fantastic at times, especially matched up on the outside. And, look, you you could say, well – That's at the high school level. He's also playing at the highest level of football in the state of Georgia for a team that just won the state title. Uh, Now, that means that he's got a lot of talent around him. There's no doubt about that. But the fact that he's playing against the best teams and best players in the state of Georgia uh, certainly gives you a little bit more confidence about that. But I really thought. When you watch him, the way that he, you know, the the way he's able to stay in the hip pocket of receivers and make plays on the football, uh, is something to be encouraged about. Now, he didn't have an interception this past year. That's something that you know we've seen from Toriel defensive backs here uh, in recent years. That um, you know Carolina seems to be trying to address, especially with the guys that they've gotten in the transfer portal this uh, off season. But I still think that Jaden Patterson is a guy that. You could see playing corner because of his ability to cover one-on-one. In terms of what he would be able to do in zone coverage, we see a lot of that from Gene Sizek trying to keep everything in front of, uh, you know, in front of the defensive backs. You know, look, he, he's got tremendous speed. I think it shows up when he's closing on the football, and I think that's something that can translate over to the next level as well. That's probably the area where he's a little bit weaker. I actually think, believe it or not, even as a guy that is a safety, I think he's probably best when he's in man coverage because we see it so often on his film. I think for him, you know, the thing is, is we'll have to revisit him here, you know, at the end of his senior season. Uh That's when it gets to, you know, October, late October uh, early November, that's probably when you will go back and watch his senior film and then ultimately determine where you think he could possibly end up or at least where you think he would start his career when he gets on campus at Carolina in terms of his position in the defensive backfield. Because last year, you know, you had Caleb Down still there. So they didn't really need him as much at safety this year. They probably will need him a little bit more there. So we'll see if that's where he ultimately plays. Do they value him at corner? And that's a position that maybe he eventually, um, you know, f- finds you know some some stability at. And I mean, look, at six one one seventy. I think Carolina would take that at corner. I think they would also take that at safety. Now I will say this: one thing that he has going for him. At safety outside of just the speed, is his tackling ability. Um, that he is really an outstanding tackler, does a great job of wrapping up, not a guy that's looking for the big hit, but plays with a little bit of a, a violent streak. He will throw guys to the ground. Um, he's he's very physical. So I really like what you see from Jaden Patterson on film I think you don't see a lot of them in in run defense coming up into the box and trying to help you see it occasionally but uh, that's something that again if if he's going to be a starting safety you would hope that they're going to play him a lot there this year and you'd get to see more of that Um, if he's going to play on the outside you just want to see him be able to fight through wide receivers and, and make plays in the backfield something you didn't really see highlighted by his junior film so it's kind of a guy that's uh, a little bit of a, 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 a you know a mold of clay. I think you know you're you're going to ha- have to figure out exactly what it is. I th- what he is. I think ultimately that's going to be the biggest question with him size is one thing that's a little bit of a concern just because when you look at him on film he looks he he does look at times very very thin I think you know just putting on a little bit more muscle for him um, it would probably help him out a lot especially in in his lower frame but uh, other than that I think the biggest concern is really just about finding a position for him some of these guys that come in a little bit positionless um, it, it's it's tough for them to succeed I don't really think Defensive back is usually one of those spots, though, because I do think there is really so much flexibility that you can have out there. Uh, to be honest with you, it never really hurts um, if you can play, you know, all five of the defensive back positions. Um, so I, I, I think that could certainly uh, be something that actually goes in his favor. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it, it probably serves him well to eventually find a spot where he will be a full-time contributor at, and that'll be the challenge for Carolina when they get him on campus. The other thing that he does bring to the table, though, is special teams ability. He was a guy that this past year, he returned six kicks for Mill Creek. He took two of them to the house. He was a key member of the field goal defense team, blocked uh, four field goals, including one in the state title game against Carrollton High School that was taken back for a touchdown. So, he not only brings you, you know, a a lot of potential on the defensive side of the football, but he also is a guy that's going to come in and be able to immediately contribute on special teams and in so many different ways. So definitely a guy that I think Carolina fans should be, you know, cautiously optimistic about. I wouldn't say that he's a guy that should be banging down the door for, that you should think this is somebody that makes this Carolina class. But I also think that he kind of fits into a similar mold to what his teammate, Aiden Banfield, who committed to Carolina uh, back earlier this month, um, what he's going to bring, which is a guy that uh, has a lot of promise. There's a lot of things that you like on tape for him, um, but ultimately it's up to the staff to, be able to develop him. So I, I think that's where Carolina's at. And, you know, the other thing is, is that we've talked about Carolina going into the state of Georgia, how key that would be for this class. Well, four of the 11 commitments are from the state, and it seems like Carolina is going to continue to try to hit that state hard. And also, you look at Mill Creek High School. There's a lot of talent there. Now, Cole Mullins, an edge rusher from there, He is going to Notre Dame, so it seems like he is off the table. But Carolina is still pushing for uh, Trajan Greco, who is another corner uh, that they offered back when Jaden Patterson was on campus uh, with him. Actually, both of those guys, as well as Banfield, were on campus at the same time and you know that's a that's a school that has been producing a lot of really really talented prospects here over the last handful of years so if carolina could sort of establish a pipeline there that would certainly help this team in the years to come as it seems like georgia Uh, Tennessee uh, is one that's really started to hit in this cycle. And even the state of Florida are becoming more and more important to what Carolina wants to do within their recruiting footprint. Now, one other note, this one from an in-state prospect in the 2024 class uh, in Ethan Calloway, the four-star offensive tackle. He narrowed down his decision to eight teams. Carolina is amongst that final eight right now. Carolina looks to be in a pretty solid spot, but a team from outside the state, like with many guys in this 2024 class, Florida uh, seems to be in play for Ethan Calloway. So uh, Carolina's got their work cut out there for him, but uh, they are inside uh, of that top eight. And really, he is one of the only guys in the state that Carolina probably feels is even decent about where they are, where where they are at, uh, in terms of their standing, uh, at this point, uh, you know, the top 10 players in the state of North Carolina and the Tar Heels at this point, I wouldn't, I would be stunned if they come away with more than three guys from that group. Uh, this seems, you know, again, it's, it's a lot of guys are going out of the state. Um, but NC state is doing a great job of recruiting these guys too. And, um, I think part of this is because of the staff turnover for, for Carolina. I think the other part of it is that, um, you know, you look at, at, at 2021 and it was uh, not at all what you expected. You look at 2022, Carolina got off to a great start and faded down the stretch. So I think Carolina is battling some things right now. That's a part of the reason why you're seeing some of these developmental guys in here. But the thing, that they you know to remember is that look, Carolina's brought all of these extremely talented players in in the last few years, and so far, you know, it hasn't really paid off. You're not seeing a lot of these guys really just take over games and 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 or you know help this team uh, become you know the powerhouse that we thought they could potentially become. Uh, that could to could you know eventually challenge Clemson. It feels like Carolina's still you know, a long way away from doing that at this point. So maybe guys that sort of fit what this staff wants, you got new ideas in the room, maybe that will help Carolina ultimately moving forward. Well, guys, uh, that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. Make sure you head over to the website, com. Check out the article about Jaden Patterson. We go a little more in-depth on him and tell you what exactly Carolina uh, could be looking to do with him when he gets on campus. Uh, Also, you know, a bunch of transfer portal stuff, as I talked about earlier in this edition of the podcast. Uh, We do have those articles up there about Day-Day Hollins And Bryson Jennings entering the transfer portal as well as the articles on Don Chapman and Gabe Stevens as well if you want to go check those out. And, of course, we'll keep you covered on anything else that goes on with the transfer portal. Not sure if Carolina is going to try to dip in there to find some help, um, but it's certainly possible, especially with them continuing to lose guys on the defensive side of the football, uh, we'll also have you covered with anything that's going on on the recruiting trail. Things probably going to quiet down just a little bit now as we get ready to enter another dead period. But uh, you know, once they get back up and rolling, uh, especially in the month of June, that will be a a huge recruiting month for Carolina uh, as they try to build off of the momentum that Mack Brown has had so far on the recruiting trail Uh, since he returned to Chapel Hill. They'll need to really knock it out of the park with some of these official visits, and we'll have you covered with all of those starting in the month of June. And, of course, if anything else happens before then, we'll have you covered with that as well. Meanwhile, on the basketball side of things, speaking of the transfer portal, Carolina landed their biggest commitment from the transfer portal so far In Harrison Ingram, the former five-star out of Stanford. Josh has a full breakdown on the guy that Carolina brought in yesterday and one that has completely turned the mindsets of Tar Heel fans around this offseason, which before that was seen as a relative disappointment. Now they've got him in there. Cormac Ryan is also in there, a veteran guy out of Notre Dame, uh, who's been in the ACC for three years now. He's transferring in. Josh has an article up there about that as well. Um, So make sure that you check all of that stuff out on the website at HeelToughBlog.com. So that's going to wrap it up for this edition of the podcast. want to thank you guys for listening. And as always, Go Tar Heels! coming up. We look forward to you being a part of the Heel Tough blog podcast family moving forward, and thank you once again for listening to this edition. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.